0: Programming notes episodes, the general concept is that you can get an extended summary of episodes if you decide that you'd rather have that than listen to the episodes themselves, as well as some notes about what's going on in the community or how you can be helpful and useful in the community. Programming notes for the week of October 23rd, 2022. Uh, a bright spot as I try and highlight at the beginning of each uh, episode for me right now is uh, pumpkin pie ice cream, right? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of late fall because it is getting cold and I'm never ready for it. But man, pumpkin pie ice cream is quite amazing. <laughs> so general call to action, just a few things here. Number one, please do rate and review the podcast. It really is the single biggest thing that spreads the word about it. I don't really care about the reviews other than that for this purpose, but their algorithms won't put the podcast in front of people without more ratings. Number two, if you have suggestions for guests or topics to cover, I am always up for more ideas. There's a simple click away in the show notes, right? I think the feedback form is even no required questions, so you can submit something very, very easily. And number three, this week, please do look to make a LinkedIn or Twitter post uh, about your favorite piece of data mesh related content. Absolutely doesn't have to be an episode of the podcast. It can be anything, but let's get you know the creators of this content more appreciation out there, please. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, it's episode 145, From Fail Whale to Massive Scale and Beyond, Learnings on Fixing Data Team Bottlenecks, which is an interview with Dimitri Ryaboit. So Dimitri was one of the first people at Twitter, in general, working with data Uh, their data function and was the first for the data platform. So he shares his learnings from trying to scale quickly with a quote unquote platform and general data function that was kind of on fire as they were, you know, kind of trial by fire, and really, really scaling up um, to what he's learned and what he's doing around his implementation now of Data Mesh as the CTO of Zymergen. On Tuesday, episode 146, False Dichotomies and Baseless Binary Choices, Why We Need New Thought Approaches in Data, so Mesh Musings 34. Jemak mentioned this somewhat in a few of the Jemak's Corner episodes, but this is all about moving away from pure binary thinking. When we look at data, are we looking at the one or the zero? Or are we looking at what it represents? It represents the world. And the world is rarely black and white, much as we might like it to be. So this is you know, kind of a bit of a rant episode, but on where we need to move past this, especially kind of using two examples around data contracts and data ownership. On Friday, it's episode 147, Mapping Out Your Data Product Suite. Building Your Roadmap to Maximizing Business Value, which is an interview with Gunjan Agarwal. So Gunjan and her team are entering kind of phase two of their data mesh implementation. So we talked about the challenges once you get kind of your data product creation phase down, right? That's phase one of kind of learning and and getting going and really figuring out how to do this. And then phase two is about kind of going broad. So you need to start to look at your overall data sharing landscape. How do you build that suite of data products to best serve your current and anticipate the needs of future use cases while not building out too much? You know, we've talked about the data field of dreams. If you build it, value will come, doesn't work. So how do you balance that? How do you set yourself up for success and so that you're not having to um, create a new set of data products every time there's a new use case? So, on to the extended summaries. (music) Extended summary for episode one hundred and forty five from fail whale to massive scale and beyond. Learnings on Fixing Data Team Bottlenecks, an interview with Dimitri Ryaboy. So in this episode, I interviewed Dimitri, who's the CTO at ZymerGen, who's a company that's doing data mesh right now, and co-author of the book, The Missing Read Me. Uh, His experience is also from Twitter as well, hence the, the title of Failwell. So Dimitri shared some of his experience leading the team building and scaling Twitter's initial data platform. They had to transform from a relatively simple model that just wasn't scaling to one that was far more scalable, but obviously more complex, such as their MySQL setup. They couldn't add any more columns, so they treated certain columns almost as a CSV within the cell. You can imagine how difficult that was for analytics. They also had many hidden dependencies as well, so when changes were made, it would break all kinds of other systems unpredictably. So part of his role was helping the team untangle that mess. One thing they got right, according to Dimitri, was moving to structured logging so there were at least standard columns that made it possible to combine data across applications. Dimitri didn't have any specific advice on exactly how to standardize, but mostly about the discussions around standardizing. Always share what you are trying to accomplish. Focus on the why much more than the how. The how is based on decisions once you've realized the why. This advice came up throughout the conversation. Twitter had a small central data team that had to either try to scale massively and still not be able to know all the business context necessary or, more sanely, build their data platform to keep themselves from being a bottleneck. They chose the second option. So when building their data platform, there was a focus on building tools to make the central data team unnecessary to most data-related conversations, getting the data producers and consumers to talk to each other instead of the data team playing interpreter and doing the work themselves. So to sum up some advice from what Dimitri learned from Twitter, one, go for structured logging, two, make dependencies clear and known and also limit them where possible, and three. Build your data platform tools so your team doesn't have to be part of the conversations between data producers and consumers to enable scaling. According to Dimitri, when focusing on change management, again, you have to focus on explaining to people the why of what you are doing. When you give people the reason, the pain you are trying to solve, most people then just want to know what you need from them in his experience and be prepared to reiterate the why a lot it's better to state it too often than not often enough. When asked what we can take from software engineering to apply to data mesh and data engineering, Dimitri is very passionate that data engineering and software engineering really shouldn't be overly separate. Data engineering is just a type of software engineering, and we need to create the tooling to make software engineers capable of doing data engineering tasks. We can take a lot of learnings from software engineering and apply them to data but it shouldn't be seen as very different. When thinking about data mesh especially, we are asking domains to pick up additional responsibility. Dimitri believes and I've said this as well multiple times, you can't have a team, you can't give a team more responsibility without giving them more resources. That can be people, especially with incremental capabilities or something like a platform that reduces the cognitive load and workload of the new and existing responsibilities. Give people a platform that they don't need to be experts in what it is doing under the hood to actually leverage that platform. And full stack engineers, especially if we add dealing with data to what they already have to do, are just going to be overloaded. Look to full stack teams where people within the teams have some specialty areas. But don't look to try and have any one person do it all. Dimitris shared some thoughts about how Zymergen's data capabilities and team has evolved. It was a central team that had ownership over everything, which hampered the teams from talking to each other as much as needed. That introduced needless delays because the coordination cost was so high. So they reorganized and had a number of the data engineers move into the domains. Those data engineers were better able to leverage the data platform Because they had built that data platform and could teach other domain team members how to leverage it better, too. A lot of issues can be handled with just a conversation, not a technical solution, according to Dimitri. And common sense, right? Like, this is something that we keep trying to solve so many of our problems with tech and with technical solutions. Again, this might seem obvious, but so many people try to not go down this road. Technology is obviously also important, though. Think about when to use tech and when to use talk. Your team should build out the platform to make it easy to have better conversations because the tech is handled. Quote unquote, data debt is forever, according to Dimitri, meaning that data has a habit of sticking around for a very long time, even well past the life cycle of the initial source system, you know, long after that has been replaced. You can pay down that data debt, but you have to address it intentionally. A simple refactor usually won't do it. Right now, it's far easier to update an API. We need to get there with data where things like versioning aren't such a manual pain in the butt task. Dimitri ended with a few things. One, indirection is your friend, but don't use indirection until you need it. Two, a good place to learn about building your architecture to be able to evolve is the book building evolutionary architectures, kind of well-titled, huh? And three, organizational design and change management is like a knife fight. You are going to get cut, but if you do it well, if you are a pro, you will choose where you get cut. You will get cut, but you can choose where. Extended summary for episode 147, mapping out your data product suite, building your roadmap to maximizing business value, an interview with Gunjan Agarwal. So in this episode, I interviewed Gunjan, who is head digital data products and Martech strategy at Novartis. To be clear, though, she was only representing her own views on this episode. So Gunjan and team are in phase two of a data mesh implementation at the moment you know, that kind of going wide phase, not just the the first couple of data products and kind of building out the initial platform. So as part of that, she's looking at how do you create a suite of data products to serve the needs of a broader set of use cases and look at putting things in place to more easily serve more ad hoc query. She recommends setting your data product strategy for what will be your long-term needs earlier in your journey than most might think what is the real business strategy for your mesh as a bigger entity than just individual data products? How will they actually work together so one plus one can equal three? I think this is important to really think about of when do you start to look at uh, the bigger picture and how do we create a, a suite of these data products to serve many additional use cases as they come up and that you don't have to keep creating new data products for each one. How do you kind of serve a lot of the different use cases from uh, a bigger suite but that you're not constantly trying to react to incremental use cases? According to Gungeon, it is very important to clearly define boundaries and responsibilities for roles. It's easy to get confused about what is a data product owner versus a product manager, for example. Look to the RACI model, you know, the RACI model for defining things clearly. If there is a lot of change and unclear responsibilities, that can cause lots of challenges and chaos. If you don't have alignment early, it's very easy to go wrong. So make sure you spend time before moving forward with Data Mesh to really focus and align on why are you doing this and who will own what. Start with the end goal in mind and march forward together. It's crucial to make sure you involve people early in every data product you develop in Gungeon's experience. If you build something for them instead of building it with them, they are far less likely to buy in. Make people accountable that their data product is, quote unquote, their baby. Make them part of defining success for a data product and work with them to make sure they can scale it up when it succeeds. You know, that's more for the producer side as well. For Gungeon, when considering new data products, always start with asking why. Why do we think this will drive incremental value? Why is this the right time to create this data product? Dig in layer by layer to understand why is this a good use of our time and what is our expected business value from doing it. It's easy to miss the forest for the trees. This method also makes finding reusability more likely. Why can't you use what is already built? And if there is a good answer to that, make sure to build your data products so they are reusable for other use cases down the line on digging deeper into reusability and extensibility, when you look at new use cases, consider if you need new data products to support it, or can you modify and extend existing data products instead? It's quite easy to build data products which try to support each use case individually, but it will quickly overwhelm your teams. Look at the greater whole for how you can support your needs with a suite of data products. Where possible, Gungeon believes it's best for your data people to have domain knowledge, right? They can push back on the cost benefit of choices far better than someone without that specific knowledge. Do you actually need, you know, quote unquote, real time? What is the impact of different SLAs to the return and the cost to create and maintain that data product? It's far easier to maximize your return on investment if one person understands both sides of what is going to be the return and what is going to be the investment. Gungeon and team have a four-part approach to building out new data products. Number one, find the clarity on the problem statement. What exactly is the use case you will be serving? Number two, quote unquote, who are your personas you are serving and what will they require? Get specific around who you are trying to serve. Number three, quote unquote, What is available? Dig into what you already have and evaluate if what exists can serve the use cases or can you just extend it slightly to to do that. Number four, and finally, focus on providing the value to serving the problem statement in a way that personas can actually benefit from it. In the long run... Gungeon believes the ability to scale up is more important than speed to deploying a data product. I think this might be a little bit controversial, but I think it is that long-term focus versus short-term focus. When you rush to create data products, you will inevitably create a lot of tech debt, especially to scaling when the time comes. So focus more on an ability to scale. It might not feel like it at first, but it's especially important when you have many data products. It will be very frustrating when you have additional use cases and cannot easily scale because you wanted to release you know, your single data product two weeks earlier right? and focus on prioritization as well. Some use cases will have to wait, and that's okay. right? Don't be in such a rush to try to have full coverage over every domain, every possible use case up front. It's okay for use cases to wait. According to Gungeon, you need to get pretty close to your domain business partners. Embed yourself in more business meetings, discussing use cases and problem statements. You shouldn't be waiting for requests. You should be extracting that information in regular discussions. Fast feedback cycles leading to fast iteration is crucial, right? If you're only waiting for somebody to speak up, instead of you're waiting and, and you're extracting their context, you're going to have a lot more challenges that are just kind of under the covers and people don't really talk about them much. There is so there is no such thing as a future-proof tech stack. So Gungeon recommends, one, accepting that, and two, preparing yourself for graceful evolution of your, your platform, your tech stack, to meet needs. You should always be asking, what are the risks to your platform and how can you mitigate them? Modularize your tech stack, as Ali Reza Sahofi talked about, so you can easily add and or replace when necessary. In wrapping up, Gunjin talked about the importance of not focusing on the single use case, but how it plays into the bigger picture, the longer term. It's easy to go down that path of focusing on the single use case, especially as you start out, but it will cause disruption to the business from a half-baked data product. Product thinking, not project thinking, right? And uh, a final quick tidbit, easy data product templates and a good centralized catalog are very important. Having a good catalog can help you identify gaps in your data product coverage as well. You know, a lot of people talk about the templates and the, the catalog, but I think when you start to look at the bigger picture of, are we covering everything we should with our data products? I think this is important to really leverage your catalog and, and look at, are we covering everything we should be? <laughs>